Yeah, we're recording. All right. Like I was saying, I'm, I'm the length. I'm just looking at the length that GTA Five has been out. We should have been already had fucking GTA Six. Like, and in that amount of time, the creators of the entire series are gone. Rockstar is fully corporate. They're not as corporate as EA, but they're fully fucking corporate. Mm-hmm. I mean, for God's sake, the game's been on three generations of consoles. But here's then, the question: What? Well, it's a dumb question. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> it's not the amount of dumb questions we've been posing on this fucking now sixty episodes of the Space Society Collective. Right. You might as well start. No, I, I was just gonna ask, like. The last console I bought and the last generation of, like, graphics that I've seen on my TV, I should say, mm. um, were the Xbox One 2013 Day One Edition. That's the Xbox I have right now. And that's still the Xbox that I've used up until this point. So from 2013 to now, almost 10 years later, and back then I didn't have a 4K TV, and I barely got a 4K TV within, like, the past two years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, um, do you think getting an Xbox Series X is going to be a massive upgrade to where I'm going to notice it? Yes. 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 <laughs> I will tell you this. Yeah. I saw my brother, my brother, motherfucker, he got a job, so I'm not going to bitch. And he also helped. He pays the rent. So, so I can't bitch because he has a 4K TV. He has mm-hmm. both the Xbox and the PS5. Seeing it on his fucking 4K TV, I'm like, well, fuck. We're in the future. <laughs> yeah, that PS5 looks so nice. Like, I will get a PS5 at some point, but it is much more cost-effective for me to get an Xbox first. Yeah, it, it is. I will say, consumer-wise, if you have Game Pass, yes, it's more, it's more better to buy an Xbox right now because the amount of games that you can... Backwards compatibility and all the games from past generations can be played on this on the xbox monolith yo i really shouldn't but i feel like i might go get an xbox after this podcast oh shit <laughs> you about to pull it no I... shit i did that before before i left Dominguez hills i was sitting at the fucking front desk of the library working supposed to be working i was like you know what i got my financial aid i paid everything off this is my final semester i'm buying a nintendo switch no one in the library didn't think I was gonna sit there and be like, I'm gonna buy a Nintendo Switch. Yo, I remember when you said that shit and it was like you're like, I'm gonna go buy a Switch and everybody was clowning on you being like, Yeah, right, you're gonna go get a Switch. Yeah. And then, and then the next day you showed up with it and everyone's just like, What the fuck? Yeah. I raised that fucking phone on Amazon Prime on the Dominguez Hills University Library computer. Nintendo Switch two fifty SD card <laughs> pro controller. All for three for all three hundred and fifty. I was like, bye. Yo. I was like, you didn't believe me, but I did it. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna I should. Okay, I'll say this. I'll say this. Okay, the be the responsible drop. Because Benny's not here. Because Benny's not here. Even if it wasn't sold out. Did you pay any bills? We're going over close to two weeks of this month of August. Did you pay any bills already? Yes. I paid a lot of bills. I will say, and it, it, I, I, and I am also, I am also keeping in mind the bills that have to come within the next couple of weeks, and I, that's why I'm, that's why I'm very tempted. When you say a couple like, of weeks, are we talking like 
all in September, couple of weeks, or like the end of the month, couple of weeks. End of the month, couple of weeks. Okay. End of the month, couple of weeks. That's different. Okay, that's different. Okay. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. Then don't do it. I, I get where you're coming from. I do get where you're coming from. That's why I'm very tempted because I think I can actually get away with it. It's all about budgeting. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like I think I can, but at the same time, I shouldn't. Wow. Just because, like, there's no reason for me to get one. I'm content at the moment. It's but not- if not now, oh, when? God. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All Star Battle Royale is gonna fucking that. Okay. okay. Well, our well, the Damon Lama Rider is having existential crisis if he should or shouldn't. Welcome back to the Space Society Collective. I'm your host, Desmond Desi's Dead Robinson. <laughs> we have a mildly full house today. It's too fucking hot. All right, I'll tell you this. It's too fucking hot. It's too fucking hot. So if if we if we sound like we just came out of the hyperbaric chamber fighting Vegeta trying to get powered up to fight fucking Cell and Boo, it's <laughs> the fucking heat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on this episode, like I said, the top was on the Damn Lama Rider. We have Quantum Limits returning. Yo, yo. And as always, having an existential crisis on sometimes within D&D, it's The Onion. Uh, I'm always having a crisis, man. It's never ending. Well, I, anyone can follow me on TikTok and know that. Never ending story. We followed uh, Jason on TikTok. It's amazing content. Did you see the new one I did today? I oh my god, it was great. I have not checked on TikTok today. I, was, I still gotta follow you on TikTok. I would say from this past session, the only thing that gave you an ancestral dread is your nude look for Alaria. And no, it's not even it's not even a D&D uh, crisis. It's more of the ecstatic what Alaria looks like now dress wise. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like all things like we literally have a global threat and you're worrying about your new fit. Yeah, but look me in the eye Desi and tell me that that isn't the most Ilaria thing ever. It is the most Ilaria thing ever. Really exactly. It, it took me two years, going on three now, because we're heading on to three years in this D&D group, and finally watching Fantasy High to realize, oh, wait, I can wear sneakers in the fantasy world? I'm going to put some fucking vans in our, in our goddamn D&D. And that's what I did. My motherfucking character is wearing vans. I should have asked from the get-go. I would have been fucking wearing Vance S. Maxim. Eh. I love spectating y'all's games. As a, so, this 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 campaign is like the most chaotic. We are we are the most chaotic group. So far, um, but it's uh, but so far it's like it's the most chaotic, but also weirdly the most sane. I don't know. I know. I know. It sounds like I'm just making the opposite, just so it sounds interesting. But legitimately, like you guys actually do care about each other. Do actually have investment in like like each other's like business. You actually try to get along and do things not only for yourselves now, but for the betterment of everyone that's like around you. Like, yeah, you're chaotic as shit, but you're actually way more connected than any of the other, like, groups so far that have, like, come through the game. I got what's telling Finley is, I think it's, um, well, the longevity of it, and the fact that I think... No, I, 
on that target in Carson. One is because of you. <laughs> technically. It technically is because of you, because your storytelling, and then... Oh, thank you. For, like, I like, it's a feeling as like, oddly, we all vibe in certain, in, 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 a, in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And even though we joked last week, Sam, the token straight dude. Yeah, because you are the token straight dude in the game. <laughs> um, it's still like, we, we like, have some form of commonality, and we keep joking like, we, oh, the majority of us is older than one another, but we have some form of commonality. So I think that works than the, because I feel like I fit more now than in campaign one. Because I felt like in campaign one, the first half, before we got the new crew, I think I was being extra, but now having everybody else balance out my extra, I could just be toned down at times. I think that's, like, that's, that's that, it's that balance. Like we finally have the a good balancing scale. Like, I would mm-hmm. probably have a session or two where I'm being super fucking extra. Like, la- like sun- this past Sunday's extra. Because you were <laughs> right. right. We spent three years, and we finally get to my character story. And I'm just being extra as fuck. <laughs> yep. Damn right I'm being extra. And then the character, <laughs> and then the characters, like, and you said it very clearly. You wrote these fucking characters. Deal with it. And the, these characters <laughs> are fucking extra. So I'm like... Yeah, the, I'm just this this the, the the song you did this to yourself just keeps rolling in my head. So I'm like, yeah, because you did. So you know what? I'm it gonna I'm gonna be like Mad Max strapped to the fucking car with the fucking gas lit mask on his face, just Mad Max through it. just Mad Max in this shit. But uh, that's, that's fucking great though. I really do love that, and and like I'm so happy we're finally here because you. You're going to be moving into the part of, like, after all of this stuff, behind the screen, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to you're gonna move into, like, Accomplice DM. And um, one, of the, one of the most interesting things that I think you only experience after having, like, had some kind of long-form content, which I would consider your thing that you've been making now long-form content, and we're finally getting to, like, the crux of what it took for all that setup, right? Yeah. Um... When we start to get to the end, sticking the landing is never going to be the way that you think it is, but I guarantee you it's possible. And then I would suggest already start thinking about what's after that. That is the thing. I don't know because narratively, I never thought I narratively would... With your well, help. Quite honestly, I didn't think we'd no, get this far. No, not, not that. <laughs> I'm talking about the way where we're writing Maxon out, but not like he won't be gone forever type of like writing him yeah, out. He's he's not getting written out. But it's he's more like... Getting, he's getting a narrative ending. Yeah. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, we're ending this version of the chapter, but he'll be gone for like a majority of other... Like, like um... I'm trying to think of a good book. Oh, something. Like, all right, fucking Harry Potter. For like two books, we got Sirius Black, and then for like yep. a couple of books, he's gone, and then he comes back. Yep. That type of thing. And yes, yeah. people, I read all the fucking Harry Potter books. You know, my only flex is that I didn't, and I didn't watch the movies either. I... I've only seen I've only seen the movies once 
in theaters as they came out, and I haven't read any of the books. I was boycotting the movies hard because I didn't want to go. I was like, I, I forgot, like, late teens when the first movie came out. I was like, I don't want to see fucking. I was the I legit did not want it to go, but my parents, my brother were like, we got, we went to go see fucking X versus Sever, because you were like the Lucy Lou. I was like, okay, you got me there. Okay. Nah, but I mean that's, it's under it's it's understandable though, like, I didn't I didn't like like not watch them out of spite or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I, the only reason I didn't is because I didn't really understand them. I think. Like when I like when they came out, because mm-hmm. it was just kind of that thing of like I think I I was just shy of the target age range, like when they were coming out to where like they just didn't latch on to me and I didn't like pick up the books early enough to like be familiar with it. Yeah. So where like most people were already like through the entire thing and I'm like I'm not even gonna bother touching it. But I feel like it's one of those things where it's like I I appreciate what the world building is and like the kind of um like setting that it creates but i'm not intimately familiar with it in the way that i am with a lot of other media but i respect it It, there's nothing like i've never had a thing where i'm like i don't like harry potter it's just i've never i've never like gotten that latch onto it you know what i mean yeah like me honestly um, yeah i never really got into it because um like by the time i started getting into fantasy stuff like that uh, a bunch of shit about J.K. Rowling was coming out, uh, and the more fucked up shit you learn about J.K. Rowling, the more fucked up certain things in Harry Potter look. Yeah, when um, you go back in retrospect and look at them, it's like, Ooh. yeah, like I mean, I know my Hogwarts house and you know just stupid yeah. shit like that, but that's as far as I'll ever go into Harry Potter. I have better fantasy series to support. I think Benny is Hufflepuff. I always wanted to be a Ravenclaw, but I was officially placed in in Slytherin. Wait, did you say you're a Slytherin? Yeah. (laughs) I love that for you. I'm a Slytherin. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't know mine, and I'll be fine. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me one bit either, though. (laughs) Why? I wanted to be a Ravenclaw. The whole point of being a Slytherin is being, like, cunning and, and stuff like that. You know? I wanted to be the hardworking, studious Ravenclaw. God damn it. But, dude, look at the storytelling you do. So, from learning... Exactly. Learning, learning yeah, this... I know. I didn't think about it, but I also do really love torturing you guys with that shit. See? Slytherin. <laughs> I know enough about Harry Potter. No, you're a Slytherin. See? There you go. Um... Like, legitimately, it brings me joy, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, you don't have to give, like you don't have to apologize to me. I'm enjoying this shit. This, uh, is, I'm, this is my third year playing D and am enjoying it. This shit's this shit's gonna be this shit's gonna be. I'm just glad it's not me anymore. You know. <laughs> Yo, how'd you guys, how'd you how'd you think about what do you think about that Seglil thing? I know we're I know we're going a little too much into the D and D for what we actually were before be we get too far deep into it. As always, thank you for listening. Um, I know people are counting and Spotify would say differently. Yes, it's over 172 episodes, which make this technically the 173rd episode. But the majority of those episodes are the giant contraband, the giant contraband robot you're currently listening to. Like I said, the Space Society Collective, which is episode now 60. 
The best way we can distance ourselves is acknowledging the past, but never needing to always constantly bring. Nah, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull. Um, uh, what's his name? He always. Um, Tom Segura. He just counts all like. Um, just counts all the episodes. It's just the transition. So it's just a new. It's just it's just the. It's just a new name. We're just a new name. Episode counts. Still t- counts. It's just we're sixty episodes on this one. This will be the only time I will actually reference Tom Segura. Good comedian. It bothers me so much that we're at 173 total, but at 60 of Space Oddity. That means there's like, what, 103 episodes of Giant Contraband, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Majority of those episodes are artists talking. It's an odd number, and I don't like it. Yeah. It's 113. The only reason is an odd. It's an odd number is because we had to change it quickly. Yeah, and amount of Gucci, we still love you. If you don't get that reference, go back to the um, final episode of Space of uh, John Cotchman. Right? Did you guys get like a cease and desist or something? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we were trying to avoid one because we we realized we were on the radar. Yeah, we was on the radar, so it was like you know what, let's change it. Before the season to sit come, came in, even even if we had the article, colors of the didn't want to help. I told you the article isn't isn't like I it's not uniquely changing enough to where it changes anything. That's like saying I'm gonna open a restaurant called the McDonald's. Like I'm still would, gonna get my ass sued. I wouldn't be surprised someone out there already did that. I would. They they did. There's a guy co- that there was a guy that created a restaurant that's called Not Starbucks, and in every way, shape, and form, it was a Starbucks, and he made literally like the exact same kind of menu structure, the the way that it looked, like every kind of like the color scheming, everything, except all the branding was Not Starbucks, and he got the fuck away with it for a while for a good while i don't remember if eventually they got him for that but um but it's one of those things where it's like it's so rare that it is absolutely one of those things that they have to like look into for a fact so the article is not enough i wonder if he there's um there's a a burger king restaurant i think it's in europe somewhere that precedes the burger king fast food chain and Burger King, the fast food chain, tried to sue Burger King, the restaurant. And Burger King, the restaurant, actually won. Nice. They they won rights to, to be called Burger King still. Wow. Nice. I, uh, that not, it's like, hey, we were here first. I wonder if that <laughs> not Starbucks uh, copied off of a Coming to America, McDowell's. We're like McDonald's, but we're not. We just call it McDowell's. McDowell's, Yeah. Was it? Um, there's an anime that I that I used to like watching. Uh, Devil is a part timer. McRonald's. Mc Mc uh, McRonald's. Yeah. I think that's one of those things where you you if or you're, if you're um, a show you can't. They had McDonald's, a CFK as oh, well. No, they had something Wook, like that. Uh, it was Wookdonald's, right? Like de- like it was the M upside down, just straight up. No, it was McRonald's, wasn't it? I thought it was. I thought it was whooped on. I got this. I got this. I'm gonna Google, Google it. I'm gonna Google yeah. it. To be fair, it could be both, just from different shows, because yeah. there's a lot of like that in anime and in popular media everywhere. Yeah, yeah because like they won't like if it's movies. Hell, Mig Ronalds. If you can't it's use Mig Ronalds. Mig Ronalds. 
It's a G. If you I was really close. If you I can't remember use, that. Name. If you can't use the famous thing, you're just gonna have to make up a version of it, like uh, GTA, yeah, GTA McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken and yeah. SFK and SFC. Funny thing about GTA, which that doesn't sound right. I remember the subtitles being something different. Sounds something different. Um, what's funny is during San Diego Comic Con, Rockstar actually opened a Cluck and Bell. Huh. Oh my God! During Comic Con awesome. weekend, I was like. I wonder if they chicken. I want. I want. Like, it's like one of those things. Like, Clucking Bell is iconic only because of San Andreas, and is that the infamous menu scene. So I'm like, do they have that menu? Nah. Like, I want to actually like. Let me, I want to go. They need to bring that. That's like the only time Rockstar was trying to save face. Like, what the fuck you doing at Comic Con in the first place? You ain't got nothing releasing new. Anyway, it's like what you doing here, poser? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my convention, you corporate scum. Can't you see that this is for only comic enthusiasts? The only booth I ever want to go back to again is Adult Swim. They always got something good going. The Adult Swim booths are always pretty lit, that's true. Have you been to their concerts? No, I wish. Oh, it's not an I always it's forget that Adult Swim is so much more than just a channel on the television. Yeah, they haven't. I have. They're having another concert this year in I think Georgia. Nice. If I remember correctly, <laughs> Death Clock is. Hey, you know, line. that's actually pretty close to me. I could make the drive to Georgia. Please could go to that. That's pretty cool. Go get in the mosh pit during a Death Clock set. <laughs> Are you trying to murder me? Maybe. What? What? Everyone should. You, everyone you know I'm a small person. Yes. I couldn't survive I, in any kind of mosh pit. If Finley can survive a mosh pit, you can do it. No, but but Jason would get folded in half like a chair. Okay. Like yeah. I might be a little bit taller, but I'm like half the size. I would say every person in their life should at least go in the mosh pit once. That's I true. weigh a hundred pounds soaking wet, does he? I feel that would be I feel like that would be putting a like what does that feel like putting a a, a a chopstick in the dryer with all the clothes? Kinda. You know, I'm literally tempted <laughs> More like a toothpick. I'm literally tempted to throw a chop I have chopsticks. I'm tempted to throw it in. Up your dryer. <laughs> I mean, like we we all are aware. I have I'm on the I'm on the old I'm on the age spectrum. There's days where I'm a boomer. There's the days where I'm a millennial, and then there's those days where I act like a fucking child and I want to experiment and see if it will do what it said it will do. I'm, right now, I'm on, I'm on the age cusp of like, you know what? I want to put my finger in the foot in the socket. See what happens. <laughs> Felt that. <sighs> we need to childproof Desi's home. Oh, and don't get me started with fire. <laughs> I wish I could reprimand you for that, but honestly, I was that kid that would experiment with fire in his room all the time, and so wonder I didn't burn the house. Oh my down. god. I had a I manager at the bowling alley that burned down his childhood home playing with matches. I set off a smoke bomb in my room. <laughs> and and destroyed my uh my baby blanket. 
Damn. Mm. Did I get in trouble? Duh. <laughs> was it? Was it? Yep. Okay, it was an orange smoke bomb. So obviously. Oh yeah. The whole room was orange. <laughs> like I love the idea of like, what did you think it was gonna do? Fill with smoke. And what did you think was gonna happen after that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think that far. Legit. I was like. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Oh, it was definitely that. Yeah. But you know what was on the screen when that happened? What? Batman. <laughs> and guess how old I was when I did it? How old? 18. Oh my god, okay, that's much more yeah. understandable. Though. Goodness. So you, yeah. you, you'll think like an 18... That's much more understandable, though. An 18-year-old who would be like, nah, I ain't gonna do it. But then I'm like, at the same time, though, how'd the two-year-old get access to the smoke bombs? Or fire. <laughs> oh, at two years old, I stole my um, my great-uncle's Colt 45, and they found me in the corner drunk with the bottle empty. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying how could you possibly do that, because obviously you, Desi, could do that. I'm saying how could any responsible adult around you allow that to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They... It's not the two-year-old's fault who does it. It's the people around the two-year-old that don't stop them. Here's the thing, though. This was, like, like two in the morning, and I was still up. Oh. Oh, okay. You were being a little shit in the middle of the night. All right. <laughs> it, was, it was during the summer. We was already about to move out of the projects. So... You're like, like, you know what? I'm gonna burn this bitch down on the way no, out. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna experiment. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna see because I didn't have a fire alarm in my room, but I wasn't. Look, I wasn't. Think, I was thinking, but wasn't thinking. Mm-hmm. All I remember wow. is I'm coming out of that room, fucking hair all fucked up, face fuck. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Why does that remind me of the time that my cousin burned popcorn in my house? And filled my entire house full of smoke, and we had to evacuate. And I lived in an apartment at the time, Oof. so so like it became a thing. And then she's <laughs> just like, "Dude, how the fuck did you burn the house down with popcorn?" And straight up, straight up, this motherfucker's like, <laughs> he's like, "I accidentally put it in for ten minutes and forgot." You know, remember that time <laughs> they thought it was a fire where we used to work at? It was just someone microwaving popcorn. In the fucking oh my god, that's right. And, and here's the thing, though, they had Jiffy Pop, where you put it over the oven. They put it in the yeah. fucking microwave. Like, Try making Jiffy Pop in the microwave. Like the, the little, like the the stovetop one. Yeah, yeah, the one that literally says "Do not microwave." We were wow. literally sitting. We couldn't go back inside that to is... work for like close to almost three hours. By the time that. by the time we finally went back inside, it was close to lunch. So which means straight no up, one up, was in the fucking building. That was like an office type situation. <laughs> like <laughs> like like how the fuck did you do that? Like <laughs> And when we come in the building, that's what we smelt. Nothing, nothing but we smell for like I a good You that means you brought it here <laughs> with intention to put it in the microwave. You had a time, a period of time. In which you literally have the thought process, I am going to take this item with intention, take it to work, and put it specifically in that microwave because I'm going to want this at work. Have they done that before? No, this was the first. 
first time ever having Jiffy Pop? No, I, that I don't know. But here's the thing, though. They was in the same building as us, but in a different department. And the fact that we had to go back inside our department, we could smell the fucking burnt popcorn. It was like, what in the fuck? Yeah, it was going through the vents pretty hard. I remember that. I remember we we was all like, please no one microwave fucking popcorn for like the rest of the week. Cause we don't, we are like the first time in like collective, nobody went to fucking popcorn because the smell of it there's, is lingering. There's two things I don't, there's two things I don't fucking microwave at work anymore. I mean, I never did for the record, but uh, popcorn and any fish based thing. Whoever microwave fish, you just get beaten on sight. Yo, do you remember how often they used to microwave fish in that fucking microwave in the small ass, oh, yeah. literal, like two by ten closet, which was our break room? Yeah, they claimed that it was a break room. It was a fucking closet. What it was a lockers. closet. It wasn't a break room. It was a closet that had a locker in it, which... and they managed to fit a table that would barely allow anybody to walk next to it. And just a small little fridge and a microwave on top of it. And lockers. It's like, it works functionally, but this is not a break room. And then This is a converted closet. And students would break in and take our shit. Like, I had a Dickies work shirt with my name on it and a fucking Umbrella Academy patch that I can never get. And someone out here in this fucking world is wearing a work shirt that has my name on it. I'm like, really? You needed a shirt? There, there's a fucking, like, uh, there was literally, like, we had a bunch of programs on that community college. I was literally sitting there like, there's a program that give you free fucking clothes and you still need my shirt? Um, another student got their laptop stolen. I think it was Jenny who got, who got their, no, they found out they left it at home. Mm. I remember that one, but no, there was another student, Bertha, lost her um, laptop. Damn, mine got stolen out of my car. Um, it's more funny, though, when his co-worker's stealing fucking food and shit. Yeah. Like, I remember one person flipped the fuck out. They had a big, they had a nice lunch. I saw them put it up. I thought this was like, I thought this was like, oh, this is office stories. I mean, we're a bunch of students. We're struggling. Nobody's going to steal. Ah, I was fucking wrong. This motherfucking person was heated. It was like, I cooked this all motherfucking night just for someone to eat it. He was like, who the fuck ate it? I'm, I think you was there. He yeah. was like, no, we just came from the fucking truck. I'm, I'm literally holding a fucking burrito and a I'm can so of Arizona from the yeah. fucking food truck. I'm like, did it look like I was still that fucking food? <laughs> and when we found out who it was, I think this was like the first time collectively no one in the center could keep a straight face. Everybody was fucking laughing. Every student worker was just fucking laughing when we found out who the person who did it. It was the old dude who was the best map tutor there. Damn. You know who it is, Ruben. He, yeah. He's never going to listen to this podcast, so I can call him out on this one. He ate the fucking food. He, I was like, we were just fucking dying. And then we found wow. out that's not the only thing he stole. He stole a $300 calculator. Damn. Yo, that makes Damn, Ruben. Oh, that makes sense. I was just like, I wonder. I I always wonder what what anybody's reaction was to having to break open my locker. Cause I didn't unlock my locker when I left. <laughs> I like I left my locker the way it was, which also means that my locker had lights and shit in it when you opened it up. Cause I customized the fuck out of it. 
So, like, I can imagine them, like, I just really wish that I knew who opened it just to, like, imagine their reaction to, like, busting open the lock on my locker. And, like, it's fucking glowing from the inside and shit. Probably probably one of the janitors. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Lincoln found out one of the janitors was, uh, and I shit you not. Um, Arizona, you know, I have the cans and they have the bottles. One of the fucking janitors, and we still don't know who, but we know we knew it was one of the janitors. Mm-hmm. Well, open up his drink, drink it, and then put it back. I was like, Wait, that is, yeah, you heard me. We would come, like, I would see Lincoln put it in there and then leave. Like, he, he'll have it ready for him tomorrow, nice and cold, ready for him tomorrow. We'll come oh. back the following day, and it's half gone. I was like, yo. You're sipping my tea. <laughs> not, not sipping, sipping. Gulp. That shit's half gone. That is like, I'm ready to fucking fight. I was like, <laughs> I was like, damn. People are scummy up here. I mean, yes. People's always scummy, but it got worse. Like, oh, fuck. If you can't tell by this episode, we just don't give a fuck. Like, it's random. We still haven't gotten to the topic we're supposed to talk about. Do you really want to talk about Marvel and people's fatigue with Marvel all of a sudden? No. I'm going to be honest. I don't keep up with that stuff. Like, I'm... I just watch movies, man. Yeah, I'm just going to... Here's the thing. I'm just going to show you. I still enjoy what Marvel's putting out. I do want Marvel to pay and give these visual effects artists some time, some time off, a break. Hell, quit tr- focusing so much on CG. You have practical suits. Tom Holland filmed No Way Home in his original fucking costume from start to finish. And they CG'd over it. That makes no fucking sense. If you had this dude wear the suit through the whole entire production of the movie, why are you CG over it? That's, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's... That's you making more more money than it is. You're gonna make it back your budget. Yeah. Like you don't need the CG over it. Like it is it is that meme though they use for um from um, Iron Man one. Like he built this from a box of scraps. There's like <laughs> Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> Literally said Batgirl is not gonna make money. Motherfuckers, you released Aquaman and he made money. Marvel fucking released fucking uh, Ant-Man okay. and he made money. You know how... Birds of Prey you know made how, money. How does that make... That don't make no sense. Batgirl's not going to make money. You know how bad Warner Brothers has been pissing me off? I legitimately have been debating because I've been I've been so please, goddamn... Please warn me like, before you cancel it because like, I'm in the middle of a show on <laughs> No, not not the. I'm not canceling HBO Max because honestly, I'm uh, I'm gonna end up keeping it with the merger for the uh, whatever the okay. whatever it's gonna become. Cause I was, because because I was thinking like you know like because I remember when you was using my disc, um, DC Universe subscription, yeah. I was like I gave you like a couple of weeks like yo, whatever you gonna read, finish it because I'm about to cancel the subscription. Yeah, yeah, and now I really want to read shit, and I'm like, I know it's not technically Warner Brothers, but Jesus Christ, I am starting to get so much fatigue over Warner Brothers that I, I'm, I have been hesitating for the past week and a half 
whether I should actually get a membership to DC Universe Infinite. Because I feel like I'm about to, like, if I get it, then all of a sudden, oh, how the, okay, we're fucking closing this down again. Yeah, that's the, that is the most confusing thing. And just um, announced today that um, Birds of, not Birds of Prey, uh, Journey Smollett's Black Canary movie is still moving forward under this new regime. So okay, that didn't that forward, but not ca- okay. But here's the thing, though, is Journey Smollett. So at least it's like it's it's still that. Well, we ain't gonna get one woman of color her superhero movie, but at least we're still getting this. I hate having to use that as a fucking card, but it's like a win is a fucking win. But the, but it still is there's still the fact like these dudes were in the middle of editing a movie, and you just straight up cancel it like you're like hey all of your guys's work Fuck. so it's like so black canary green lantern um is still moving forward there's no word about uh michael b jordan's um uh, superman movie i haven't heard anything about it uh kevin smith came out and said adam strange was gonna get his own show but they nixed that Damn. um and they're still gonna release fucking the Flash, and Ezra Miller just recently been arrested for bu- fucking burglary. Yeah, yep, he finally is being charged. Dude, driving. Oh, no, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. They, I'm pretty sure they go by they. So I'm gonna respect that. Even though they piss me off, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I just accidentally misgendered. <laughs> they. They are an asshole. Yeah. They... It's like, yeah. It's like they are a fucking asshole. Like Ezra Miller literally dicked around all through Hawaii, then got out, and then started driving cross country here back in the mainland, armed with a bulletproof vest, starting almost a pseudo cult, and now finally arrested for burglary, for stealing alcohol when people weren't there in their home. Like, that's the shit they're getting them on. <laughs> I don't want to see this. I don't want to see them as the Flash. I don't. And the fact that... I really don't enjoy them as the as the Flash. And that's not, like, even just a personal thing. It's, like, acting-wise, I'm like, I don't actually think you are the... Like, the fit for this character. <laughs> um, I, I want to blame Zack Snyder. They made Barry Allen, like, I get you want to give Barry Allen because he has super speed. You want to give him like some form of like a mental disability, like ADHD or like something like mm-hmm. because of the super speed is like amplifying like his mental health. So I was like, okay, I can get with that. But you pick, but you picking someone who already seemed kind of unstable before he even before they joined Justice League. Like you didn't get a like a radar sense. Looking at yeah. Ezra, but um, and the Flash is ending on the CW after after ten years. Well, technically, Grant Gustin played the character for ten years. The show's been on for nine. Damn. It was why ten years he was on Arrow first before getting his own show. My brother was like, "That'll make no sense." How he was the character for ten years. I was like, "Remember, he joined Arrow, then mm-hmm. he got his own show." He's like, "Oh." I stopped after season five because I was like, that show just went downhill. I like Candace Patton, beautiful woman. 
but as soon as she started saying we are the flash my head turned to the side like you don't have powers <laughs> you are an investigative reporter who helps the cops put people in jail by being an what investigative reporter you what is that why does that super give me my name's ray ray skywalker vibes and this pre here's the funny thing this predates this, flash. This, literally that predates the fucking last um the last jedi i was like okay all right but the, but also she is candace Patton is right warner brothers didn't do a damn thing helping her out when she was getting all these races very tall so very valid on saying fuck you to warner brothers by this point right but um yeah i don't know what the fuck is going on with that studio um we're not even in within the industry we're just like like our flag means death is also in jeopardy that's finally coming out. Like, Our Flag Means Death and other shows are in jeopardy because of this. You keep wanting to talk about it, and we keep trying to be like, please don't make us talk about the thing that we love maybe going away. <laughs> God damn you, Desi. Just move it to Netflix. That way I don't have to pay for another subs uh, subscription. Why do they have <laughs> to take away everything I love? I don't know what I would do with myself if they canceled our flag means death. I'd pass away, I guess. I'd, I'd have nothing else. I think I'd simply have to pass away. Exactly. I think this will be the one time people will riot. People will actually. I'll, I'll riot respectfully. I want people to dress up as Steed and Blackbeard. Well, you know what? Actually, so I would be respectful to riot. There are many people who already do. But get legions oh, yeah. of millions and millions of people to roll up on Warner Brothers' lot and go like, yo, don't fucking there cancel. Are, there are many people who are dressing that way for their marriages right now. I'm shocked. I still can't. It's similar to finding out that um, Jamie Lee, we, we even talked about it, Jamie Lee's Curtis' um, daughter having a World of Warcraft wedding. Yo, mm -hmm. yo, like, and, and, and Jamie Lee Curtis um, cosplayed as a paladin, marrying off their daughter. Yo, that's 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 some real G shit right there. Like Jamie Lee Curtis is the mom you want to have. Like they literally went to Evo with their kid. Yup. I'm like, that shit. That shit's wild. That shit's damn. My parents won't even do that. When he was alive. Gotta roll a d20 to say I do. I remember. What would you do if it was a nat one in that situation? Uh, fuck. Well, first uh, time, you gotta run I out. I don't question that. <laughs> I. 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 <laughs> it's like, I guess not till death do us part? <laughs> I guess until we're unhappy. <laughs> uh, you, you gotta pull a Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll do this for the masses because I know we, we we did say part two. We'll say something about Marvel. All right, something about Marvel. I my, my <laughs> I would do that, but serious. I'll serious enough. Um, last time we talked, um, it was I think it was me and Benny by ourselves. I had a theory that this was going to lead to Secret Wars, and I was right. There's going to be an Avengers Secret Wars movie. Avengers Secret Wars. But 
the version I was thinking, I don't think we're going to get it. No? My theory is I don't think we're going to get an alien called the Beyonder getting all the heroes, minus the ones who are dead like Iron Man and Chris Evans, whatever the fuck happened to his Steve Rogers, because they they're not acknowledging it. They just, he's gone. They're like, yeah, he's gone. He 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 grew he grew old. But uh, he went back and grew old. But um, I think they're gonna go with the Secret Wars, where uh, a group, um, Nick Fury got a group of heroes and they infiltrated Latveria, hmm. and it snowballed into a international incident mm-hmm. that literally fucked all the superheroes that was involved. Interesting. Um, so, like, so far, I'm thinking, like, the heroes I think Fury would get would be Spider-Man, because that would link it back to the comics, because he was involved. Daredevil, um, Cap, but it would be, uh, it would be, if you haven't watched Captain, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, here's a spoiler for you. Sam Wilson is now Captain America. Mm-hmm. It's been two years, should have seen Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> it's been two years. If if you haven't seen it, that one's really on you. Yeah, um, White Vision. And I'm we going... don't mean we don't mean versus like you know uh, <laughs> the other memes. They we mean they literal White Vision. They really I when Marvel that is the actual character. I just, I just that really was... love Vision with the like fucking dude. I know, here, okay. <laughs> I know people are like, what? Okay, if you didn't watch WandaVision, that's fine. But in the comic books, there is a version of Vision called White Vision. Even then, as a kid, I was like, that makes no sense. Just call him Vision. Okay, he's all white looking like a ghost. You can't call him a ghost because there's a supervillain named Ghost. So, like, you can, just... you can call him, like, Cloud Vision or some shit like that. <laughs> that, too. I'll take that. Like, having to say White Vision and just like, yeah, here we are. We're I just I, I I love making you uncomfortable about it. I'm so sorry. I'm, un- I'm uncomfortable. It's just the fact that I have to, by this point, for the last two minutes, repeatedly say white vision, white vision, white vision. Almost saying like I'm saying white power. No, oh my god! Don't look behind you. Don't look behind you. Mirror. Oh, this was a skit me and Benny used to do on our old podcast, Nerds Against the World. We would intricately say Beetlejuice throughout the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> And then at the end of the episode, I edited in Beetlejuice appearing, and then the episode just ends. <laughs> That's funny. I, I need That's to totally do- not going to stress me out if you do that. <laughs> we are going to have a spooky episode coming this October, so you never know. See, I'll be more prepared for the spooky episode. Because I figured, like, we'll do a spooky. Because I figured, since we got more people down. Um, joining us on these episodes, like we can um, hear other people's um, horror movie list. Because mm. we horror already because we already have ours and it's already up there, so I was like, I'd rather hear um, other people's list what they got. That's fair. That's fair. Um, probably bring Letty back to do another um, radio play, so we just get another uh, creepy pasta and have them read it. Yeah, this time, this time maybe give it to everyone. Yeah. Because last time it was just me and Letty doing it, which wasn't bad. I was like, Letty's the actress. I'm not. Yeah, it was just weird because you were like, okay, we're going to do this. I didn't send it to you, by the way. 
No, because I no no because it was technically it was just you, me, and Letty that year, and then last. Yeah, year, I know. And then it was like it was you, me, and Letty, and then you guys were like, "Cool, we're gonna do this thing." Christian, you wanna? Oh wait, right, you haven't read it, and it's like, no, it said this. That's true. <laughs> but looking at it, I was like, "Oh shit, there's only two parts." No, that makes sense. But um, last year I was like, oh, "No, let's not do it." Um, but then we did the creepier cap. If it was like, basically, if it was like real or fake, creepier cap was cool. Creepier cap was very cool. I'd rather be on the on the receiving them, just like trying to figure everyone. Basically, like you find a bunch of creepy uh, creepy pastas, and we just discover like, is it real or fake? And like some of them we found were real. Like there was a, like there was a, a haunting, and uh, there was one I read. There was a haunting in London about a old World War Two infirmary that's now used as like a um, like if you go camping in the area, you go back there to sleep. Mm-hmm. And this um, this headmaster, this teacher, I call him a headmaster. I think they call him headmaster as well. This teacher was looking for a student, and then the student was lost on the hiking trip, but they was back at the infirmary. And the teacher asked the student, who brought you back? Oh, a group of kids. And they pointed the way to where they said they were. The purse, the place was burned down that the kids said it was at. I was like, oh shit. This kid was escorted by ghosts. <laughs> and in that same infirmary, the groundskeeper was attacked by a shadow demon and ghost. He said it was just a shadow and he got through the door and it was like, this is going to be fake. And they actually showed photos of, like, claw marks on the door, on the floor. Yo. But there was, like, yes. but there was no, like, there was no scratches on him. He just, he said there was, like, something pressing against his chest. Damn, but there was scratches on the door. So I was like, and the and also the caveat to this, everything was locked. Yeah. Yo, yeah, that's pretty... So I was like, shit. Mm-hmm. So another creepy in cap, but this time uh, we'll let the newbies tell us, um, try to fake us out with some creepy stories. Or if they're real. I'm interested. Um, going right back from the top of the episode, you was asking us about Seglif. Oh, yeah. When you said you should know already, as soon as I rolled the history check, my head was like, oh shit, I just mentioned them already. I was like, fuck, it is fucking (laughs) Segla. The original question I wanted to ask all that time, Maxon was training with Segla. No point yeah. in time like he didn't want to reveal himself to him. Or any of them at that. Uh-huh. Why? I gotta know a narrative reason why you Segla didn't reveal themselves as the eye at any point in time to like Alaria or Maxim. Yeah. Oh, you are you are you asking me, is there a narrative reason? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the narrative reason is he's the Lord of Secrets. <laughs> and like, like is, is, literally, like, like Maxon or Alari is going to snitch on Seglo. It's not about snitching. It's about his character is literally 
the most secretive and secret heavy person ever designed in my game so far. And also, if he tells you who he is, it's no longer a secret. Even if just you know, it's no longer a secret. So he's keeping the secret to himself and not telling you. Like, Seglil, the Lord of Secrets, the Eye, has many, many names. But the point is, like, through all forms of whatever he does... There's a reason. Seglil, Seglil by very nature, <coughs> is, is a secretive person. And that is not that is not because it is just his character. It is literally how do I say this without it being spoilers? It's literally like <laughs> necessary for him to survive. I figured like by this point he trusts Max and Alaria and Mouse and then the others that were there with him with them on that meeting. Yeah, and that's a big deal. I would like like to think, like, originally I was not going to pick, like, Seglil to help him train with the mental health stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I mean, Maxon, like, he did put Maxon on his path. It makes narratively sense Maxon would go back to the Shadowfell to seek out his guidance. Yeah, and you did. And that's canon. And literally... The Seglil thing is not something that's, like, just barely become something like that. Like, it's always been Seglil. Mm-hmm. Ever since, like, anybody's interacted with the Eye. Like, that's always been the case. So, all this time running... It is, it is one of my best kept... It was one of my best kept secrets ever up until this point because I had not even hinted about it to literally anyone. I would hint about certain things on other spoilers, but I kept that a secret to literally everyone. Not even Benny knew that one. Um Yeah, you got me thinking I was like all this time what, I don't even know if Sogo will even consider him, consider themselves a, a criminal boss, but like you have a thieves guild, dude. Like, <laughs> like you are on the right path, but it's like, like, but you have a thieves guild. <laughs> like we are technically criminals, but like this dude. Have, I'm talking about Sogo. Yeah, like. Seglil isn't inherently good. I don't know why you think that. Thank you for clarifying that. I didn't know. I legit thought he was like he was when we first met. He's a good guy, but as we've already established, just because you're in a thieves guild doesn't make you a bad person. No, this is before mm-hmm. knowing that he's a part of the thieves guild. This is like pre knowing. Right. Like I was like in my head thinking like he's ushering people to where they need to go when they pass away. He. Yeah. He knows these things, and I'm like, but then going back, we get to that reveal. I was like, oh shit, we, we we are colleagues in this in this way, just not. And but like you said, Seglil don't need to tell him. Seglil doesn't need to tell anybody anything, but he chooses to share the information. Seglil always, by design chooses to share the information that is necessary and pertinent for the situation in order to get something forward. If it if there is no forward momentum, there is no reason he has to tell a secret. Well, 
I like the reveal. That that also, like the very existence of a character like that, is exactly why I make certain things because uh, unless a character exists that is like that, you can't get the same kind of like emotional or narrative hit because it's like okay, what what if you already knew that Seglil was the eye, right? If you already knew that Seglil was the eye before you went to that meeting, how would that have changed the meeting? Oh, vastly. It would have, right? It would have changed the meeting because you would have wanted to steer it to certain topics. You would have wanted to see it. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. But what I'm saying is it would be a completely different vibe. And what 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 I wanted to get across with the meeting was that this is a character who has no reason that you guys know of to reach out to you. But the very fact that they revealed themselves to you, as it, as secretive as this person was who didn't have to reveal it, and on top of that, like, has been good at keeping these secrets that you guys canonically in different ways know that this character is, like, the character that has the most shit behind them that we have no idea what's going on. But whatever it is, they are trustworthy and they have some kind of reputation. That can't exist without the buildup to that. And that's why Seglil was someone that was put in so early. Because that person was someone I needed you guys to eventually have some kind of rapport with. Because now that campaign, or arc 3, is going into where it is. It's like, it, it helps illustrate the point, or at least to me. It, I think it helps illustrate the point of how important the task that he is asking you to perform is. Because he's willing to literally trust you guys with information that almost no one ever has. And because this character exists in the way where the reputation for many, many years, literally IRL, has been that this character never fucking reveals anything. And you have no idea what's going on. And they're actively sharing things with you. That's like a narrative red, like red flag alarm. Like, what the fuck is going on? And that wouldn't have existed. That couldn't exist. That vibe couldn't exist if you already knew that Seglil was, or is the Lord of or the, the Eye. Um, it's like I try to design things to hit certain things narratively, and I know most of the time it doesn't hit in the way that I ex that I expected it to, or whatever. But I do try to design things in certain ways so that way it makes narrative sense, but it also provides some kind of like like tangible flavor tangible like like what what's the word it's like tangible weight like how do i make you guys care about something in a game that only exists in words and in our heads by making you feel like characters are real and by making you feel like their motivations are things that are understandable regardless of whether you know them or not Sorry, I got into a weird tangent. I'm sorry. I, I I love this shit so much. I think about this shit. I literally wake up in the middle of the night and write pages now of shit for you guys. It's like the fuck. No, we're, we're technically on topic. Zedeglo portion was brought up 50 minutes ago, and here we are back at it. But yeah, did you? 
<laughs> I, I feel, feel like, like because it's so much behind it, it feels like a loaded question of me to ask now. So feel free to not answer it. But like, so did you guys enjoy the seg wheel thing, or was that like a fuck you? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I liked it personally. It's okay if it's a fuck you. No, it was, because it was. It, was, it, was, it, was, it could be fine either way. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it was a it was a fuck you when you pull that when you pull the candy when you said they put the, the candy out. Yeah, and Mouse yeah. was the first one like, oh fuck no, no, and then all of a sudden it happened anyway when we all go we all scream like, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, but that shit was funny too, right? <laughs> I feel like he was given he was giving us clues because I remember when we first met Seglo. There was books throughout his um, his home. Mm-hmm. It's the eye. There's books and shelves all around. I yep. was like, I was just not paying. I didn't finally pay attention to the fucking clues until the last. And minute. That's that was the point. I'm so glad that happened because that's the point. Like you did have things in front of your face, but it's like in that way. I'm really happy it worked out like that because in that way, it's kind of like a show. Where it's like, by the end of it, when you get that final piece of information, all of a sudden everything clicks and it's like, fuck. It's like <laughs> at the end of The Usual Suspects, when you realize, oh, fuck, Kevin Spacey's Kaiser Sose. Yeah, yeah, it's like the connecting of everything at the end and then he's just walking away. Yeah, but that was, that was literally Max in that mo- moment of sitting there like, when you said the word, you should know who they are already. And I'm like, and then all of a sudden, in my head, just, I'm like, I love, I love that moment because you're like, can I roll for it? And I was like, go for it. Like, but as soon as I hit the roll and you blurted it out, I was like, that's when it went, ding, mother. I was like, motherfucker, light bulb. Yeah. So Seglil, Seglil, much like for 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 the uninitiated, Quantum, right? Seglil as a character was someone that was introduced in campaign one and given much more context, but not a lot, much more context in a side quest that I did for Jason's birthday a long time ago. And that's the one that Callie comes from. And Callie got similar treatment in the other side quest that we did where like, hey, I was given more context and now they like reappear in the main game. Like I'm realizing that I ha- I'm developing my own tropes. <laughs> my own patterns. Wow. You just created I'm realizing that I'm having job. like Oz Oz was trying to be nice to me earlier because I said that and they were like, "No, you're developing a narrative style." And I was like, hey, "Style is debatable on that." I'll say multiverse. Multiverse. Let's go multiverses. multiverses? The, the new Warner Brothers game? <laughs> I'm too I'm too ADHD to pay attention to one universe, so I figured I'll just make all of them. <laughs> uh, Understandable. I like, I like it. Um I was like when we did the one shot, you're telling me only enough to know and then like the outcome at the end and I was like, okay. But then getting like learning more, it's oh it's from this is connected to Euphoria a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You can finally talk about it more because you didn't want to give me too much spoilers so I can figure this out. But I was still like, I never played Euphoria, so most of this context is lost on me. But I see everybody else reacting to it, so it must be juicy. 
Yeah. So Segwell, Oh boy, was it. Segwell in Euphoria wasn't a major character. Segwell was was never even introduced or mentioned by the name Segwell. It was only ever called the Lord of Secrets. But canonically, <laughs> it was the exact same character. And that connection was made later by the people who did play Euphoria. But, like, Seglil was in Euphoria when he was a lot younger. And it was also, like, a past past-timing thing. Um, um, but in the major thing that technically Maxon would have cared about, even though you, Maxon... Or would not have been in the game. It would have been De like Desi's character. It was a different thing. It wasn't your characters that you guys were using that you are now. That was in Euphoria. It was a completely different set of characters that had no idea who those people were. Like they were all meeting them for the first time. Mm. And by the end of that, there was a moment in like a world tree kind of situation where there were multiple color portals and all that, and they were going through a bunch of different stuff. And um, at one point, kind of like a like a like an MC Escher painting where like all the stairs are going in different directions and you see them all connecting. Yeah. It's like that, but with like an inner tree root system with multiple portals at different sides. And at one point the party saw like being led by Seg Seglil, the Lord of Secrets. They, like he was leading, he was the one that led them out of euphoria and actually was like concerned about their well-being because was like, yo, you guys are not here naturally. And that's, gonna make you guys die and you need to leave to survive he was the only one that actually like knew about that effect and he led them out at the end of it and in doing so crossed paths with um with his nephew and his father which was never named but there was a physical appearance of solomon and seglil's father as well as Solomon's son. And that was the first time anybody had seen Lucian. Mm. And then Lucian was promptly forgotten at the beginning of Art 2. <laughs> yeah. Lucian did a comeback. There's a whole family of them. That like That's a whole thing. <laughs> I think we was... This is where... I would say this. At the beginning of Art 2, we had so many people than we, than we was used to trying to get everything done. We was already starting on the cusp of getting into Alaria's backstory. Right. Being, being in Neverwinter, Never and then the fallout, which we don't need to repeat. By that point, we was not thinking about Lucian anymore. And the only person, yeah. and the only person we kept on re going back to throughout Arc 2 was Segla. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. Because, like, that's that's exactly one of those things where narratively I needed to adapt. Mm -hmm. Like, my original intent for Arc 2 was to deal with that stuff and the family structure of Solomon and shit like that. Like, the whole idea was, like, still going to be the same of, like, a family structure that is fucking each other over and then conspiring against Solomon and then you guys could make friends with them and they would try to, like, help you or aid you in defeating Solomon in Neverwinter, except you guys became so much more attached to to Alaria as a character and were like, yo, your dad's fucked up and he lives here? That's fucking crazy. Like, you guys became so much more attached to it that I was like, yo, what if I do the same kind of storyline, but I shift it from the family focus of Solomon's family to the family focus of Atlan's family? 
and directly involve one of the characters. Because you well, guys, I really did like, that to myself, huh? Because you guys were more, you guys were like more, you guys were having, and it's not a bad thing. You guys were visibly having more fun talking about and trying to find out the things about Alaria stuff than you did with like me putting Lucian and all the other like stuff in front of you. You guys wanted to do that more, so I was like, "Yo, I have to adapt, and this is how the campaign's gonna go now." That was a rewrite. That was a whole fucking rewrite, and that happens all the time. It was fun. Campaign arc two. Uh, I would say arc two of campaign two was the most fun. Thanks, man. Despite despite the hiccups we had during it. Yeah, there was hiccups, but yeah. Like, really reminds me that D and D really is the player story, yeah. not not really the the DMs. Exactly. If you think about it. Yeah, it's it's that's why I always thank you guys so much for how you guys play and what you guys do and what fun you guys have. Because yeah, I make the story and I appreciate you guys every time when you tell me like that you guys like my story and my my narrative stuff. That's awesome and I appreciate it. But it really is your story because. I think it's so much more about me reacting to what you guys as players and as like characters synergize with and click with and connect with where it's like, okay, if this is the thing that I see, like, it's like, it's very much that thing of, I can't lead the horse to water or like I can lead the horse to water, but I can't make him drink. It's like, yeah, I can put all of the narrative things I want in front of you that I think is going to be awesome. But if you guys don't pick it up, then it's not going to be fun because no matter what, it's not going to be what you guys want to do. And also the payback on that, I um, I was watching Fantasy High, mm-hmm. and then I was watching an interview Lori Bailey did, and they asked, um, it was like they both, Emily Axford and Lori Bailey got the same kind of question. Mm-hmm. But they both answered, but it was different, worded differently, but it's the same answer. Mm-hmm. Like, did you, like, was your character fully fleshed out when you joined the game? And it was like, mm, it was like, we just created the our characters. We went, yep. we went on D&D Beyond. It's like, the attitude and the who the, how the character is, is done over the course of the game. By that point, yep. you, not only you know your character's mannerisms, how they are, how they act, but also those you're playing with knows your characters by this point yep so it's like it's over time you like you're just learning you're learning the character as you go yep now remember no no i was gonna say i was like like holy shit like sitting like this past session mm-hmm. everyone knows maxon's mannerisms yep and uh, and knows how to combat it yep so it was like now it's like fuck we're reaching we're reach we're starting to get into the late game stage. Like like you've been through the beginning. You've been through the intermediate like turmoil stuff. Now you're getting into late stage character development. Like you're not in the phase where it's like I'm trying to get to know everybody. You're not in the phase where it's I understand people but my but my emotions and my motivations are my own regardless of what anybody else thinks. You guys are in the phase of like 
yo, we're, we are, like, you guys have said it before I ever did. You guys are found family now. And it's very much that thing of, like, even that was also a slight test with the two-year time jump where it's like, all right, who leaves and who stays? And it was very telling that over two years with no combat, like, your characters decided to stick together because you care about each other. And that already sets a different tone for the next arc. Yeah. Because I, I, was, I was legit shot when Jason and Finn was like, oh, we're going to go back with Max. And I was like, wait, what? I figured it was like, all right, we done with him. We'll see you in two years. Give him the double because bird you, and walk off. Because no matter really? what. Really? Wow. Thanks. Because, Fucking love you too, Desi. No, like, it, that was because, my mental thought. That was literally what I was thinking. Like, oh, they probably tired of Max and they were going to give him the bird because, and walk off. Because no matter what, Desi, no matter how much you've grown, you are still that character that broods on top of a fucking roof. Being like, I'm all alone, nobody fucking loves me. Fucking edgelord. <laughs> that was only one. I did that, alright, twice. You did that a lot no, no, in no. the beginning of the game. I, the that only... was your trademark in the beginning of the game. The only... You were like, I never, you're like, I don't trust anybody enough to go to sleep around them. No, no, no. You you remember the reason why Maximus was, was sleeping on top of roofs or trees? When you attacked him in his sleep. Once. You and were doing that I, before I Oh, no, I did, yeah, I did that, but it was even worse. <laughs> yeah, I, no, no, no. Here's the thing, though. I did not know you can get attacked in your sleep. Yeah. That, that, nobody does. Why do you think I've only done it once? I was You're like, still complaining about it. That was literally two years ago. And I've never every time, and every uh-huh. And every time we go camping, and, 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 and I shit you not, Quantum, and I still do this, and nobody has, uh, probably a few noticed, I will be the always the last one to go to sleep. And I would do a bunch <laughs> of fucking checks. I don't that's the one thing I don't trust about Christian. Is when we go camp when the characters are camping out. I'm like, all right. I trust them on everything else. But when it comes time to us to do a fucking long rest, nah, nah, son. Oh. I'm gonna be the last one to go to sleep to risk it in exhaustion to do perception checks to make sure we have a good fucking long rest. I straight up. Have only ever done that once and in IRL. Put, that was two and a half years ago. And you and put, Desi still thinks I'm gonna attack him in his sleep. You goddamn right. <laughs> I'm, you, okay, I'm still okay, waiting for it. Like them, would you like to give them the scenario of what it was? Because to be fair, it was a lot, and it was a lot to deal with. <laughs> okay. We're staying at Falcon's Lodge, which is not that far from the Tower of Storms. Yeah, it was a it was a local hunter that people passage through the forest because he's a ranger that like knows the area and shit like that. Um, one character we was researching something, so we stopped back at Falcon's Lodge. We was like, um, I think we was researching um, Butterskull Ranch. Yes, yes, you were you were researching the ranch before you were gonna head out there. One of the players left to go into the the lodge's library to do research. Yeah, so they were inside the main building, and everybody else was going to go to sleep inside this, like the the guest house, which is like a separate building, like in between, like uh, uh, on the property, like not too far from the main building. And I think I was already injured, so it was like necessary to do a long rest. So yeah, you guys were like going to sleep for the night, and I rolled low on a perception check, 
Everyone rolled low on everybody rolled low on perception. I, I okay okay I, I thought it was just me because I forgot everybody else did too. And then I think you said roll another perception, or was it what was the or was we was in sleep? Was it what was the was the second perception roll? No, it was a it was a dexterity check. There we go. It was what? a dexterity save because you were actively being attacked in your sleep. Yeah, imagine you waking <laughs> up to a bunch of fucking tree blades just stabbing you in the fucking chest. So 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 you guys know what tw- what twig blights are, right? So um, yes. so I had I had them get attacked by twig blights in the middle of the night. A lot of twig blights in the middle of the night. Like a hundred twig blights. Oh in the my middle. god! <laughs> yeah, this was also this was also them. But by, by the way, this was them playing at level six. <laughs> what you you statements <laughs> or not even statements? That what is it called? Sadistic. And here's the thing, though. I had them in groups of ten. I had them in groups of ten, and they were ten tokens. And each group of ten only took up five, uh, five feet of space. I would say that was the first time I started getting very creative. I started asking a lot of questions. Can I do this, this, and this? Yeah, like you were. It, it forced you to be creative because you're like, can I get on the bed, get on the rafter, jump over, and do a bunch of shit? Flip. Now and then he got on the rafter, but the rafter broke because yeah. he's like he's like I'm gonna swing on the chandelier. I'm like, go for it. Like it's only held up by one hook, but go for it. <laughs> and then, bam, back down to the ground. But it ended up working out in the end, so they were fine. And on top of that, I gave them an NPC that was providing sniper support from on top of the tower. So it was like I was like I wasn't afraid of killing them. They were gonna live. And Desi was like, Desi was like, fuck you, why am I fighting? I have almost no health. We yeah. almost died earlier in the day. And why I, are you doing this, you bastard? Yeah. And on top of that, that was the first time... That was the first time I went from doing... I started switching between going from daggers to uh, archery. Yeah, like, that's the first time you ever actually were like, no, I need to get on a high vantage point away from these little motherfuckers and just shoot them from a distance. And it worked! Yeah. And it provided good cover. Because legitimately, like, one of the things that ended up happening as a result of that was while the other people... Well, one of the other things I did was um, when they walked outside, uh, the entire courtyard was overgrown in grass magically because there was like a like uh there was like a it was the whole MacGuffin thing like of a a undying tree heart kind of thing growing in the toilet like growing out of the toilet but um um there was tall grass that grew magically that concealed the twig lights because they were shorter than the grass so they would literally make perception checks to see if they could see the fucking grass moving and shit And um, as a result of them being up top, Desi had advantage on being able to shoot them and hit them before they made it to other people. So it it, it worked out. There was the it was tactically a thing. It worked yeah. out. That's You're fine. I, I found my calling calling tactics. I'm happy with how it came out. Yeah, you you, you hit, it was two folds on that one. The fear of not being able to get a proper long rest. It doesn't matter what level we are. It's that that fear will always be there. And two. 
learning I'm somewhat good at providing tactics in a fight scenario. Also, now that y'all are like level 14 now, I think. 13. 13. The account, or yeah, yeah, the uh, the encounters can be a lot scarier now. Oh, yeah. The thing is, oh, yeah. The thing is, though, is the, I'm not, the only time I was ever worried about an encounter was during this, um, the three-part fight where I was, uh, me, Mouse, was surrounded by four people. And rogues, uh, at rogues, uh, I think rogues, bards, and uh, I think um, either a sorcerer, notoriously have lower hell, um, hit points. Yep. So your AC could be no, high. Right. You have a character that has under forty hit points at level fourteen. That's oh no no! Good... Oh hell no! I have. Uh, I was at. No, I was at. Uh... No, I'm saying you have a character, a player in your party oh, that yeah. at full health has under forty health points. Oh yeah. I'm gonna keep forgetting mouse. Keep forgetting mouse as. That's under it. And like, that's only because we added things magically. Like, is there any way? Because now I'm finally at 106 with Maxim. Is there you any... Can put more in constitution. Huh? You could put you could focus more on your next level up stuff on constitution based no, 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 Not me. Anything that raises your constitution is gonna raise your health. Not me. Basically. Hmm? For Finley. They need oh, to raise they need to raise their constitution. Oh, Finley? Uh, yes. No. Is it because is it because they they are playing the fairies and fairies and the toys have lower um um ACs and lower um hit points? You know how easy it is to like smack a fairy into a wall. I yes, racket. That the, would be my weapon. Here, here's the thing. Right. I didn't realize that until one Solomon fight and to back it up, watch a fantasy high how fast they took out Biz. Yeah, that's one of the things where it's like if you have low health. You either need to be nimble as fuck to not get hit, or be like, hot, like hidden as shit. Like, like that's one of the ways that I explain the AC like up close for small characters is like their AC isn't like how like them getting hit and being able to take the hit. It's how nimble they are to not get hit in the first place. I would say mm-hmm. a perfect example. because it's it's not. For, like, small creatures like that, the name of the game isn't how many hits you can take. It's how hard are you to fucking hit. I would say my favorite fight that has me, Laria, and Mouse. Us going against three cultists and then discovering a new version of this cultist. Oh, that shit was fun. Yeah. And then that was a two-part fight. That shit was fun. Uh... You guys on either side of the thing in a narrow alley. The whole thing was theater of mind too. We didn't actually have a battle map out for that. Yeah, I that was because one you had the giant thing. We the fact that we had the giant thing in the middle, and the two... whole fucking sniper situation too. That was yeah. like pinning you guys down in an alley. Yeah, <laughs> and then the two that was in the, the back of us, but we was able to incapacitate one, and then. The that mouse cutting one end and I'm cutting the other end, just dissecting that one like a fucking X. And then Petunia fucking jumping into the thing and eviscerating it from the inside. Our blink cat teleported into one of them and just eviscerated and blinked out. Like the blink cat teleported inside the creature and fully went feral inside its organs. It was it was it was a thing. And then the lawyer coming in closed with the chain with the chain arrow to lock it down so it won't fucking move. I love that before that moment, 
everyone was so concerned about the cat because everyone was like, like for so long they're like, we can't take this cat into battle, and I'm like, I designed this cat for battle, and I brought like, it into battle. Can, like you can absolutely take this cat into battle. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We need, we need, we need an extra hand. I, we brought it into battle. That was and that, it helped. It fucking helped. We would. We, it's it was the only time I ever felt comfortable giving an NPC the kill because all of you guys were like, "Get it, Petunia." Because <laughs> yeah, I, when I, the way how it went, I flipped over. Um, Alaria did the chain link, pinned it down. Maxon flipped over it. When Maxon came down, a slice Petunia blinked in, then killed it, and then blinked right next to Maxon, bloody and all the claws, all, all the claws out. And the paws, apparently, Petunia's claws is as big as, uh, what, who's, uh, I think we said Alaria's head? Yeah, Petunia is the, Petunia is the size of, like, a German shepherd. I don't think that gets across enough. Dang. Yeah. Like, Petunia is a big-ass cat. I don't think that gets across enough. So I was that, like... That is a big-ass cat. That is a big-ass cat. Like, I don't know how often that comes up. Because most of the time you guys are like, yeah, like Petunia, the cat, moving around. But if you notice, I never have Petunia on your shoulders or anything like that. Petunia's always at your feet. Never, like, like trying to climb up on you or anything because they're fucking huge. And that's, like, no. the description, too, that they're, like, like, they're, like, the way that it originally was is, like, they're the size of a Maine Coon, but bigger. Like, um, they're generally that, though. Technically, uh, Petunia was on Max's shoulders resting. And then Ulf yeah, also but you're also a big ass character. Like that was a thing too. Okay, that's true. Mm-hmm. How big is uh, Maxon? Maxon is six foot three. Like Maxon's tall as shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Delius is seven one. Yeah, but Delius is not human. <laughs> Ognash from the side quest is seven foot two. Yeah, so yeah. Mag- Mag- but Ognash is also an orc. Yeah, half work. That's cool. Yeah, but then also Maxon was originally when he started out, he had more of a like um, beefier body for six three. After his mm-hmm. death, he now has like a swimmer's body. Yeah, yeah. like he, he got to he got to have selective magical like fucking gene therapy. <laughs> yeah, he went from being beefy to fucking slim. Oh yeah, um, Des told me about the magical tattoos. <laughs> oh yeah, the magical tattoos are a hell of a thing. Man, I remember the day that you were like, man, can I get some tattoos on my character? And I was like, yo, so there's this thing that I shouldn't tell you about, but I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> I was planning to totally the RP just having ta- just regular tattoos. Yeah, he just wanted tattoos, like straight up. Like, like the only tattoos Maxon had was similar to the ones I have. I have a shoulder piece, and I have, um, I have the Marvel character Black Cat on my forearm, and then a mashup of a Panther Rose. So that's what Maxon has on his right arm. As we say, that's what is on his arm. I was like, so, I was like, oh, we, I was like, I want Maxon to have more tattoos. And I was always planning it out, and then when you told me about magical tattoos, I was like, what? So I can have like normal tattoos, but they do stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yup. Let's go. Straight up. It's like, I can have tattoos that do extra shit. By the way, just just before we get too far from it, I'm not planning on leaving Mouse as defenseless as she currently seems. Because while there isn't anything I can do for her, her HP, there are other things I can do. And I have been like thinking about that actively. So there are ways I can try to augment 
her to make her more viable in the high, higher level fights. It's just not in the way of HP. Okay. It's, it's not, not in the way of HP, and it's not in the way of AC. And well, technically AC, but in certain ways. You know, I just thought Lord. about after that that one bit. You, those daggers. Oh, that's why I gave you guys a lot of like like MacGuffin shit. Where I'm like, theoretically, I think you guys theoretically have at least three different ways to heal death right now. Mm-hmm. Like traditional death, I mean. But there are also other things I can do that are full death, regardless of like the things that you currently have right now. So death is still definitely a a issue. However, traditional death is something that you guys can theoretically conquer at least three times with your current inventory. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I have um, this doll, this voodoo doll that can take a person's death. And then I have strength of the grave that puts me back at five hit points if I go down. Yeah. I was but, like, but people you can still die after. I know, people can still, I know I can still die if I get hit again. But I was like, people was complaining about it. It was like, oh, yeah, give humans away to not die in the game. I was like, you have people who never played D&D before. If they are playing as a sorcerer or a warlock and they have strength of the grave, I think yeah. you giving them a chance to stay alive. They just If they're in a fucked up position where they can get hit again, better start making a new character. I love that in every game that I've ever heard you play or RP in any way, you're always like a human sympathizer. <laughs> I mean, like... The only reason I'm not, I don't, the only reason why I'm more of a human sympathizer is because people shit on human variant, and I'm gonna make human variant an interesting thing. Yo, but you let's be real. You chose human variant way before you heard about the shit about it. You True. chose rogue way before you heard any of the like, people we talking all, shit. About we it. all know. I'm, that's that's if not human. Playing as a rogue is going to be a fucking thing forever. I like being a rogue. Uh, I think the class, even in other fucking games, is fun. I like be- I like being a rogue. Now being able to play as um, a druid, playing as a fighter, playing as different races, that is fun. I, there's a change. I when you, when you said there's legendary content and I didn't click on it until I finally did, a fucking changeling could turn to shapeshift into different things and adding on more to it if you make them a druid. That can also shapeshift into different animals. I was like, my buddy has one of those right now. It's fucking wild. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I literally the first thing in my head was like, I can make Beast Boy in fucking D and D. Basically, yeah. I was like, I can also make Cyborg in D and D. Looking at Warforged. There's a way that you can make almost anything in D and D, and it's beautiful. I know. I was like, I, and this is the, that's what I love about D and D. Um, it's the creativity aspect of it. Oh yeah, you can, you can oh, go yeah. the route I did to get into it, learning, knowing what you already know, and in they help you get more in depth into D and D. So when you get to a certain point, okay, I'm not gonna use like we even said it on this podcast. I use Dragon Age to help me get into D and D, and we're now in the process in this in this arc where every like I'll say this by the end of this arc, Antiva ain't gonna be called Antiva anymore. <laughs> nice. I just, I just honestly love that you like. It took until us actually having to RP it for you to realize how fucking weird the bond structure is. Oh yeah. <laughs> because I'm... you're like, what the fuck is this thing? And I'm like, it wasn't mine, man. <laughs> I know here's you. The, here's the thing. We both. I was. And here's the thing. You gave me outs. When we kept on, when I kept on writing it, 
and you kept we kept both researching it. You gave me outs, and you know what? I kept on going in and in and in. I did it to myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're sticking with it. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to your own personal hell. Yeah. Literally. So this arc, I get to be the Alaria. This is this is gonna be this is gonna be the thing. I think legitimately this arc is gonna be the one where you're like, Dragon Age is not D and D. Oh no! And Dragon Age does not, even though it makes, even though it's a really great introduction, Dragon Age does not make sense in D and D. And you that, will see that. Here's the thing that we, when Benny joined, I was already like, did it to myself because they know different they know as much as i do about um dragon age so that this whole reason of switching everything in this arc is because i was like i'm getting tired of hearing benny i even told benny i was like i love you you're my friend you're like my my sister i'm legit tired of hearing you and like i get it i use dragon age to help me get into D &D. i was like yeah i can admit that but I'm getting tired of hearing it. So mm -hmm. we're rebooting this whole section of Maxim's life. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm tired of hearing it. <laughs> so by the end of this arc, this end of this campaign, there's the only thing. The it's only, a whole other. Yep. The only thing that's going to be called Antiva is the fucking weed. Yep. <laughs> there you go. You're still going to be making Antiva in black. Oh, fuck yeah. That should be like, I should, you know what? By the end of this fucking campaign, I should just open a fucking weed shop. <laughs> right. Like, by this fucking point. Straight up, if, like, uh, I'm gonna say verbal trademark right now. If we ever do that, that's our name. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, let's open a fucking weed, weed shop, man. Offset some fucking money. Right. If you need workers, we'll I'll, come, I'll come move. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk later. Because I, um, to end this, to end this episode off, um, second day working at, uh, William Grant, even though remotely, this, today was remotely. Hearing, I live in Compton. The co-worker lives, a co-worker lives in Long Beach. They have no car, no license, like I do. And I'm like, how do you get back and forth? He's like, oh, I got a little side hustle to help. I'm all set with funds. And I'm like, fuck. I, I, I ain't got a side hustle or no no funds to be like yeah I can make I can make it I was like that's them this is me mm -hmm. like I made the choice to not sell my art I made the choice to not make t-shirts because I'm like that's like selling my I still have a I have a weird hang up I don't want to sell my shit because it's my shit like, if I want to make a t-shirt to sell, I just want to put our logo on the fucking t-shirts. You know, that that makes sense, though, at least as far as, like, a lot of the creative, like, artists that I've seen or heard from in, like, interviews and things like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of talk about, like, yeah, you create art, but you don't always create art just to sell it. And that's the thing. It's like, you create art that you think is good enough and you work on it and work on it and work on it and then the weird thing is at a certain point you decide is this what is the number value that i would actually separate myself from something that i've created for and that is a weird question that a lot of artists supposedly think about 
I say supposedly because I'm I'm I wouldn't consider myself one, but as far as what I've researched and heard, it makes sense to be like, hey, this is something that I've worked hard on and put my my mental energy and focus and time into. It's not just about the number value, but where do you draw the line? And then thinking like, yeah, I'd put art on a t-shirt or whatever, like certain designs that that's perfectly valid. That makes sense. Because there is, um, for, if you're listening to this podcast, um, if you don't go back to the old episode of artist talk, when you get, when you're in art school, there will be a point where you will do a senior seminar and they will literally teach you how do you price your own? How do you price yourself? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I was already from the jump. I was always against selling my own shit because I'm like, this is my voice. This is who I am. And I have to put numbers, zeros behind it. No. Yeah. I'm like, this is why I don't do commissions. This is why I don't like someone like, why don't you make those action figures like to sell? I was like, I can get sued by Marvel and fucking DC. How? What is the point that people don't get? Right. They can easily go on Etsy and be like, shut this Etsy site down, this Etsy, Etsy page down. Make your money and run. Close it down. Make another new Etsy, man. No, because Etsy's gonna take about thirty percent from the um from the seller. Right then, yeah. There's ways. Though. There's ways. There's, we'll there's always ways. But <laughs> speaking of merch, one day, maybe twenty twenty five. Right. Or hey, if you, anybody listening, if you guys maybe are interested in buying some merch, let us know. When I or technically, I should say when I actually get some money. I do know a site, and I have on my own free time been taken with some designs for stickers. And if if we ever need it, I do know a guy in screen printing that we can get a decent price at, like for by volume. That'd be cool, but you also know I know screen printing. Yeah, but I'm just saying in mass. I still have a bunch of screens and I still have an account with McLogan's. I can get it like, but I'd rather get a discount because you know someone. Fair enough. <laughs> Spending my money, but you know, Christian, like, yeah, me and Christian's buddy, we got a podcast. I'm in this D&D group. Let's get it. Let's make this I need to make me. shirts. For, I need to make. I need to make rejects shirts. <laughs> oh, if I was still, if I was still at a screen screen printing machine, I would, I would make reject shirts for everyone in the D&D group. That'd be so cool, man. We'll figure it out one day. Yeah, but until then, thank you for listening to the Space Society Collective podcast, and thank you everyone here for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Next week, do I finally get to get out of the Discord now? They leave me in here so that way I can keep the channels open. I don't know why. You're gonna stay in here and you're gonna like it. I haven't eaten in eighty six years. Please. While I munch on this cupcake, this invisible cupcake. That I did not. <laughs> Your screen's in the corner. Go over there. Fine, fine. I'll be in the. I'll be in the back room of Discord where I belong. <laughs> Peasant, go. <laughs>